This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So um, one thing that I've been seeing a lot in uh, college football recently is Cincinnati. You know, they're in the top four right now, or in the right spot to go to the college football playoff. But everyone's saying, like, man, Cincinnati doesn't play anyone. They're in the American. And, you know, like, they're sure they're undefeated. They beat Notre Dame. But it's like, who else have they really played? And it made me think about Gonzaga and how, you know, they're in the WCC. Their conference schedule is the easiest in the country for a program at their level. So I decided I'm going to look into why doesn't Gonzaga move conferences? Oh, and also a side note on the whole Cincinnati deal. I just have a feeling the committee's going to find a way, some way or another, to get Cincinnati out of the playoff. I mean, it's just something that I feel like is going to happen. Are they really going to put someone from the American Conference into the playoff? No, I really don't think so. But anyway, on to Gonzaga. So now I get it. So far in the season, early season, sometimes, you know, you're a big school, you don't really want to play that many people of higher caliber. So I get your first game is against Dixie State, right? 97-63 win, sure, fine. Everyone opens on an easy game like that. Then they play Texas, which, you know, step up from where it's going. And it wasn't a part of a tournament or anything or like a classic or anything. So, And they handled them pretty well. So I'm like, okay, Gonzaga might be the real deal this time. I think they're actually going to go out and get good games. And then they go to Alcorn State. Again, your third game of the year. I mean, it doesn't matter. Then they play Bellarmine, win by 42. And the thing was like, Dixie State, Bellarmine, and another school that they played just the other night don't even have their logos on Google when you look up the schedule. You have to be really unknown to not have your logo on Google. Come on. And Central Michigan, handle them, 107.54. Then they play UCLA. Now, here's the thing with that. They didn't really schedule it themselves, I'm assuming. They probably put their names into a tournament for, uh, I forget which tournament it was. That was where they also played Central Michigan. But the tournament was set up for a... Gonzaga-UCLA matchup, no matter what happened. And then they they win by 20 in that game, in which, I'm going to be honest, should everyone really be this high on UCLA? I mean, like, come on. Like, yeah, they had the good tournament last year. I get it. There's a lot of good teams that have good tournaments and all that. I just do not see this UCLA team doing that again? Because, I mean, Tiger Campbell, he's a solid guard, solid point guard, but I don't know if he's really your guy that you want on an NCAA tournament team. Like, I'm just being honest. Ju Zhang did his thing in the last couple rounds of tournament. Uh, Jaime Jaquez led them in the first couple games. Cody Riley's solid. But I, man, I don't know. And then, and then it's like they lose by 20 to Gonzaga, a team that they almost beat last year. 
if it wasn't for Jalen Suggs. So I don't know, man. I really, not 100% sure on UCLA. And then they play Duke, lose by three, in which that was also like a, it was like a classic of some sort. But that was like the only game of it all. It was in Vegas. Uh, Dick Vitale's first game coming back after, um, forget what kind of cancer it was, but he's been doing getting treatments for that. And uh, he's been pretty doing pretty well. He hasn't lost stride at all. And now here's the game that gets me. Tarleton State. Look, I'm not going to brag here. I know quite a bit about college basketball. I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm just saying that, like, I I know my teams and what's going on. Never heard of Tarleton State. I think this was, like, their first year out of, like, not being a D2 school. And the game was close. Gonzaga only winning by nine. And it was also three days after the Duke loss. So it's not even like, oh, well, it was a back-to-back. They caught you in a bad stretch there. It's like, no, it was three days afterward. And, yeah, I have a feeling where, you know, you only lose by three to Duke. I mean, it's not – I wouldn't think that you'd be severely punished in that, as in running and all that. But, man, they uh got away with one there. It was – very, very close. And again, everywhere on Twitter, all I see is the little gray shield that represents no logo on Google or none submitted, almost beating Gonzaga. So here's the thing. And then they're going to play Alabama uh, on Saturday. That's going to be a good matchup. Good job of scheduling there. Then they got Merrimack. And then Washington, then Texas Tech, and then believe that, and then Northern Arizona, and then North Alabama, and then I believe they get in the conference play, if I'm correct on that. Yeah, they're going to get a later start to conference plays. They're going to play San Diego on the 30th. But um, why don't they leave the WCC by now? You know that everyone's probably been offering them. Like, the Pac-12 is right there. They're going to play Washington here in the next 10 days. Why? Why not just go to Pac-12? I'll tell you why. You know, they're playing all these teams, and some of them they handle well. Other ones they're not really playing that standard of. I don't think this team can handle. And I'm not saying just for this team. I'm saying this for every Gonzaga team. I don't think they can handle Uh power five schedule if I'm being honest because you can still you can somewhat get away with um scheduling the lesser teams in the non-conference once you get in the once you get in the conference play you're not going to be playing San Diego Loyola Marymount San Francisco Pepperdine BYU's their only competition and they've only beat them a few times in the past couple years Santa Clara, Pacific, Portland. Just all these teams that you're, St. Mary's, you're just, maybe if it was like, I don't know, 20, uh, what was that? Patty Mills was 
2009. So if it's like 2009, 2010, yeah, St. Mary's, that's a good matchup. That's a good one. You got Matthew Del Vadova in there, Patty Mills, all the Australian guys. But guess what? It's 2021. St. Mary's, 7-1 right now, but I mean, they'll be up there in conference, but they're no match to Gonzaga. And so weird because, yeah, they're consistent making the tournament. But, yeah, I would be cons- I would, could have a team that would be consistent making the tournament if I'm in a conference like a WCC. Like, if I just get one solid recruit, you're pretty much winning conference, and you win the tournament, the conference tournament, to get into the big dance. And it's just like, it's been something to where, if they want, they want to stay in the WCC. Fine, they're gonna keep. They're gonna keep uh, getting crap for it, honestly. But if you want to talk the big game, if you really want to be up there, Gonzaga's in the top five in rankings every year. But could you imagine what it was like if they were to play? You you would have to play UCLA twice in a season. I don't sure you don't get that uh tournament matchup where you're pulling where you're beating them by twenty in Las Vegas. But you're like getting them twice. Imagine going to Poly Pavilion, play UCLA, Friday night game, or maybe even a Tuesday two any game any night, honestly. And then you're just going to Poly Pavilion, a historic site. And just, it's tough. It's tough. And all Power 5 conferences, tough to play in. Just no our way around it. And you're just kind of like, man, just do it. Do it already. But a team that's only beating Tarleton State by nine, do you really want them there? Do you really want to see the reality of them leaving the West Coast Conference? I do because I'm just curious and stuff like that, and I would love to see Gonzaga in the big in the Pac-12. Prove all of us wrong. Go for it. But they're not going to leave because they're guaranteed a tournament appearance every year. They've made the tournament the past 20 years. There's no way. They're going to keep scheduling all these small teams in between the mighty. And I mean, I'm, I'm a Purdue fan. It's not like Purdue is only scheduling big games. You start out with the small ones. You get Indiana State, which, you know, they're not up to your caliber, but they're like a mid-major. You're getting all these low majors to play you. You're just paying them. You're just cashing in. All these schools you're playing are cashing out. Like, hey, thanks. We'll take the 50-point loss. Thanks for the 100 grand. I don't know what the price is for that, but it's a pretty check. I'll tell you that. Just, I want to see them do it. But guess what? Their counterparts in, the, uh, in football, Cincinnati, they're going to Big 12. They're going to try and prove 
hey, we're we're with the big guys. Is it going to work out? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. All I know is that it's tough to go from an American conference where you're playing. It was like everyone's like, oh, if Cincinnati's at four, if they can win out the rest of the way. Yeah, well, they got East Carolina and Houston. What do you expect? They're going to win. And it's also like that with Gonzaga. It doesn't matter if you win out in a regular season, but it's like, man, Gonzaga, all they need to do, they need, if they do well the rest of the regular season, they'll get an automatic bid. Or not an automatic, an at-large bid. It's like, yeah, they're playing all these low majors. And then I'll go through the list again. San Francisco. They're at number one in the conference right now before conference play at 8-0. Shout out to Bill Russell and Casey Jones. Then you got Gonzaga, St. Mary's. Again, shout out to Patty Mills and uh, Matthew Delvadova. BYU, shout out Jimmer Fredette. And they're ranked right now at 12. Portland, I don't know anyone that went to Portland, so a shout out to whoever has gone to Portland. Santa Clara, again, don't know. Loyola Marymount, shout out to uh, Bo Kimball and rest in peace Hank Gathers. Pacific, shout out Michael Ola with Candy. San Diego, uh, couldn't tell you anyone for San Diego. Then Pepperdine, can't think of anyone for Pepperdine. There, I know there's someone for Pepperdine. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. Dennis Johnson, shout out Dennis Johnson. Should have been in the, oh, and Doug Christie. I think that was the name I was thinking of. I don't think I knew Dennis Johnson went to Pepperdine. But shout out DJ. Should have been in the NBA 75. But, you know, what do I know? And then Doug Christie. Just always a solid player. Anyway. Back on to uh, Gonzaga. So, I decided to uh, look into... I thought of this episode last week before the Tarleton State game. So I'm like, man, I really want them. It'd be fun to see them switch uh, conferences. And then I'm like, oh, man, that Tarleton State game. Are you kidding me? And then I thought, wait a minute, they don't schedule anyone. And if they do schedule anyone, it's never at home. They always go on the road, which somewhat admirable. I mean, if you're going to schedule a big game, schedule on the road. It's not even on the road. It's some Mostly it's just neutral games. Like, it was like, man... We got Duke, Texas, Gonzaga, and Washington all in this uh, invitational here. Yeah, it's in Seattle. It's for Phil. It was like Phil Knight's 80th birthday, I think. It's like, man, what a what a nice set of games we have here. It's like, yeah, but they're, they're neutral sites. Gonzaga needs to do anything at home. So this a couple weeks ago, their game against Texas was like the first time I've ever seen them play at home. And like I have, you honestly could have told me is like Gonzaga like only plays on the road neutral side. So I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. Because I've never seen them play at home. <laughs> like even whenever I see someone in a Gonzaga uniform, I'm always picturing them in the blue for the road uniforms. Or if they are in white, it's in the tournament. So anyway, I wanted to see um, over the past couple seasons what Gonzaga has done 
Now, I'm assuming that all – I'm on college basketball reference, and I'm assuming that all their tall bars, because I'm not going – I haven't had a chance to go through every single game. I'm going to assume all the tall bars in green are just against some nobodies. But I'm going to look at every close loss – no, every close win and loss for the past – we'll go – to 2016-17. So we'll have a few years in here. And I just want to see what all they've done. So 2019-20, they start out pretty strong in their fifth game of the season. They barely win against Texas Arlington. Okay, that's a bad... That's not that great. On this roster, you have Drew Timmy as a freshman who I didn't who I don't think played that much. Uh, Corey Kispert was on his team. He was a junior. Joel Yai, he's a sophomore. And Killian Tilly, his senior year. And then Philip Petrusev, who was the 81st, uh, high, 81st ranked recruit in 2018. So they beat Texas Arlington by six. Then they have, that's a small win. A one-point win over Oregon. Now, that's something that I really like to see, especially, you know, you're playing Oregon, and it was in the battle for Atlantis. So, again, never at home. And this Oregon team was pretty solid. Had had Peyton Pritchard and Chris Duarte, both had double figures in that game, and C.J. Walker with 12 off the bench for them. So we have that. So they only beat Oregon by one. Then, also in the battle for Atlantis, the next day, they get stomped by Michigan, 82-64. And that Michigan team was good a couple years ago. Well, wait a minute. No, that was the year. That was last year in 2020. So I was thinking that this was the Michigan team where no one expected them to do anything, and then they came out and just decimated everyone. I guess that is because uh, they have Wagner, Teske, Xavier Simpson, Isaiah Livers, Eli Brooks, all good players. I think that was the team to where no one was expecting them to do anything, and then they beat Gonzaga and Carolina, I think, in the battle for Atlantis. Because I think that was Juwan Howard's first year, and everyone was like, whoa. So then later on down the road, they get a four-point win over Arizona. So, like, they're playing the Pac-12 teams. And, again, that's at Arizona. And then they beat Pepperdine by five in conference play. Beat... Uh, San Francisco by four in conference play. And then taking a 13-point loss at BYU. Whew, that's a... And then, I believe this is in the tournament. Oh, in the... Uh, they got to win over San Francisco at a neutral site in the NCAA tournament. So that's 2019, 2020. 
now, 2018-19. Got a couple of decent wins. Got a two-point win over Duke in a neutral site. I think that's battle for Atlantis. Then a two-point win over Washington. I believe that that was, I think that one might have been a home. Congrats to uh, Gonzaga on getting a home game. Then in a neutral site, they lose to Tennessee by three. And that Tennessee team, 18-19, that was... That's the year where Carson Edwards went off in the NCAA tournament, and I was able to go to that Virginia game. Whew, that Tennessee game. Man, I wish I would have been there for that. My uncle was there for that. And he called me right after that game and says, hey, I'm getting tickets to the Virginia game. So he's like, do you want to go? I'm like, yes. So like, before he even like got all of it, I was not, I heard Virginia, and, yeah, and I said, yeah. So that was an amazing time there. That Tennessee team, that Tennessee team was good. Jordan Bone, Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, just one of the tougher teams we've ever seen. And uh, Bowden, he could shoot, and he could defend, too. Like, you had to watch him on both ends there. So, to lose Tennessee by three. Oh, I remember. 2018-19, this was the year that... uh. I think I had Gonzaga winning it all in this year. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm putting them down. I know they lose every year, but I'm putting them down this time. Because they look so good. I mean, they have Hachimura, Brandon Clark, Zach Norvell, Josh Perkins, Corey Kispert, Philip Philip Petrusev. Can't ever get that name out. Killian Tilly and Joey Ayi deep off the bench. And I'm like, you know what? They're doing it. I was like, all they got to do is get, they were the number one seed in that bracket. I was like, they're going to get out of their bracket. All they got to worry about is the final four. And I was like, and I think they're going to beat Duke. I think that was the main thing I wanted them to do. Is like, I went, Gonzaga's going to beat Duke because they had beat, yeah, they beat them in Maui. Actually, yeah, that was a really good game. That was a Maui game, actually. Funny how I start remembering all this and I literally go back to being in that moment. So, yeah, this is a team that I wanted them to win it all. And then as we're at the Purdue-Virginia game, they have the game on the big board of Texas Tech and Gonzaga. And they, I mean, they lost by six. I was like, ah, there's my pick. And then I was like, yeah, and probably Duke was out at that point because it was the Elite Eight. Right? No, they were just getting ready to play or they had just lost. It was either the day before or the day after. So, and I was like, man, Dukes. If they had lost the day before, the day after, I was like, man, Dukes. They had no roadblock at that point. But then it was like, Texas Tech <laughs> makes it to the championship game. You're like, man. And that, man, that Virginia team, man, so close. Purdue was so close in that. All he had to do was box out in a free throw. And Diakite would have gotten over the back call if you just put your butt into him. I don't get it. How do you not? It's just all about effort, you know? Just put your butt into him. He was like, man, you had the lead, but you only had a two-point lead. 
Then you go into overtime. You're like, yep, you're going to lose now. Because there goes all them, all your momentum. Just gone. Man. Yeah, I remember. I was so mad after that game. Anyway. And then at North Carolina, they lose in in mid-December, 103 to 90. And then in conference play, they lose to St. Mary's by 13. Why did I think this team was going to win? Was it just, it was literally just based on the Duke win, wasn't it? That's great. That's just uh, really great for me. Here. Okay, 17-18. The lineup, or the roster, Jonathan Williams, Zach Norvell, Killian Tilly, Josh Perkins, Rui Hachimura, and then Corey Kispert as a freshman. Coming a little, he's like seventh in rotation. But not as big as he was going to be. Ended up 32-5, 17-1 in their conference. Their first loss came pretty early on in their fifth game. Losing to Florida in a neutral site. I wonder which neutral side. Is this Maui? Or... No, the... Oh, Florida was that team in the PK-80. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't... Yeah. Yeah, because that's... It wasn't in Portland? Yeah, it had to have been in Portland. I don't know why I said Seattle earlier. So then they go on, again, in a neutral site, losing to Villanova by a score of 80-72. to 72. That was in Madison Square Garden. What event did they have in, in MSG in December 5th? I don't know. I, it doesn't say. I wish it would. Hmm. Yeah, but they ended up losing to Villanova by 16. And that Villanova team... Went on to be the national champions. So, can't really knock on them there. Because they had Eric Paschal, Mikhail Bridges, who's been killing it, by the way. Did you see that block he had on Steph Curry the other night? And Amari Spellman, Jalen Brunson, and Phil Booth rounding out the starting five. And then you have, oh, yeah, Dante DiVincenzo coming off the bench and Colin Gillespie coming off the bench. Yeah, that team, Villanova, they're just so solid. Okay, so they lose to Villanova big. Then they lose at San Diego State by two. It's like sometimes you can't knock the close losses, but at the same time, like, you probably should be beating San Diego State because if we look at this roster, yeah, don't recognize anyone. So, yeah. Should be beating San Diego State, but you know, it it happens. Basketball's basketball. You're going to have off nights, you know, it it's going to happen. And then they lose in conference play by 3 to St. Mary's at home, and then they got beat by 15 in the tournament by Florida State to round out the season in the regional semifinal. So that would have been the Sweet 16. 
And oh wait, that Florida State team, they were they were a surprise in that, weren't they? Wasn't Gonzaga like the two seed? Something like that? Or maybe even the I don't know. Let me look up this bracket real quick. Okay, I looked it up. Gonzaga was a four seed in the West Regional, and Florida State was a nine seed toppling over Xavier in the second round, or I guess the third round since the first four is technically the first round. Or maybe, I guess not. That was like, it was, that was the case for like one year when it was like, oh, yeah, technically the first round is the second round now. We're like, what? It makes no sense. Just say first and second. So, yeah, that Florida State team, they were surprised in that tournament. Which, I mean, UCLA was a surprise last year. So, you know, tournament's a tournament. You're going to have your teams that are just going to, I don't know, they decide. They get, it's almost like they have a light bulb in their head, and they're like, oh, hey, I should probably, we should probably start playing better now. And it's like, really? Right now? So that's 17-18. And then 16-17, going to round it out here. 37 and 2 all throughout. They had the one loss in conference, but they barely beat Iowa State by two early in the season. Five point win over Florida a couple days before. And the one loss, there they are Brigham Young by eight, 79 71. And they had some close games in conference too. Six point win. Oh, oh wait. No, that's the tournament. Never mind. Six-point win over Northwestern. Then a three-point win over West Virginia. And this is where they made the Final Four, wasn't it? This is where they made the championship game, yeah. Then they beat Carol- South Carolina by four. And then lose to North Carolina, 70- 71-65. And, and, man, that was another team where I said they were going to win. I remember saying, maybe not. Because I think I remember saying that, like, dude, Carolina's, there's no chance Carolina's going to win. Because that was after they had lost to Villanova. And you're like, okay, you know they're going to get their revenge. And that was a Carolina squad. It had, like, Candy Meeks, Justin Jackson, Joel Berry. Am I right on that? Joel Berry, Justin Jackson, Isaiah Hicks. Theo Pinson, Kennedy Meeks, Tony Bradley coming off the bench, Nate Britt, Seventh Woods. Man, what happened to Seventh Woods, man? Didn't he go to, like, South Carolina? And Morgan State. Isn't Morgan State this year? Okay, so we played three. Wait, what? Yeah, I, I got to see something. The North Carolina team that ended up winning the championship in 2017 played 40 games that year. So he was at he was at Carolina for three years, transferred, so he has to sit out. Then in the COVID, no, this was last year, gets to play at South Carolina. Now he's at Morgan State. So is he like a grad transfer? I don't think there's like transactions like there is in um basketball reference for the NBA. Huh. So you're telling me. Yeah, I guess so. 
Seven Floyds is still playing, so, hey, that's a top recruit right there. He was number 40 in 2016, and he's already got a ring, so, man, whatever. <laughs> that's his prerogative. So, with Gonzaga, you know, they've been solid over the past few years. They've beat some good teams. But all I'm saying is, I don't put as much respect on their name because they're from the West Coast Conference. That's no, I mean, I guess kind of a, I don't want to say no offense to the West Coast Conference, but I mean, it, it's not good. It's just something to where you're just like, man, why don't they leave? But I guarantee what Mark Few and the AD at Gonzaga are saying, hey, man, we made the tournament 20 years. Why would we change that? Why would we? And, it's like, and we go pretty far in the tournament. Why would we do anything to deter that? Why would we end up putting more strain on our players' bodies? Because if you move to Pac-12, you're going to be playing harder. You got to earn those wins. Not like you don't have to earn the wins in the WCC, but like it's got to be so much easier. And we've seen they've either swept or only lost like two games in conference at most. So if that, if Gonzaga ever moves, they're probably going to get, it's probably, it's probably for the money. Let's be honest. Yeah quite a bit going to power five just because you get all the tv deals like the big 10 is with fox right now which i think is about to end so i'm interested to see where that goes uh probably have to delete my uh fox sports account like my fox sports plus account but and then you got like the sec has like their own network with ESPN. The ACC has their own network with ESPN. And you're just like, and we got to get on that. Because Gonzaga, like what, ESPN Plus carries those games? Maybe for conference games. They might show it if it's BYU. They're going to show if it's BYU-Gonzaga. But you're like, man, I don't know about that. So, um. Gonzaga, prove all the prove me wrong. Go for it. Please switch to the Pac-12. I would love it. Like the Pac-12 is something to where I don't stay up to watch the Pac-12 unless it's on like a weekend. But I'm falling. I'm going to bed by halftime. Gonzaga enters the Pac-12. I would stay up to watch those games. Like, legitimately. Because I would love to see Gonzaga UCLA twice a year, especially now that it's like kind of a rivalry, although they just beat UCLA by 20, so I don't know how much of a rivalry it is. Oregon twice a year, California, Stanford, Arizona. Would you imagine Tommy Floyd, Tommy Lloyd against Mark Few? Like that's just a rivalry on its own. Not that they butt heads or anything, but it's like I mean, he's your former assistant. That's always something that gets good ratings. It's like when Alford went to uh, Iowa and then he got to play 
And, you know, obviously, Iowa plays IU twice a year. So when that was like, that was a huge story. I want to see him play USC, Washington State, Colorado, Oregon State, Utah, Arizona State. Just prove me wrong. Dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you prove me wrong. Do what Cincinnati's doing. Cincinnati's proving right now that, hey, we're with it. And everyone's like, uh, I don't know. Your conference is really easy. Like, Georgia's with it. They're they're in the SEC. They're with it. I don't know about you. That's what everyone says about Gonzaga. So, in the end, Gonzaga, go to the Pac-12. Let's see what happens. And that will be it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening so much. We are in the home stretch here at Trinity University. Only one more week left of classes. Well, technically, kind of. Like a week and a day, but come on. And then after that, on the finals week, and then after that, Christmas break. Hoping to get a lot of rest during then. So, um, yeah, probably one more episode for the semester because I don't know if I'll be able to upload during the break so we'll see about that but probably one last episode next week for the semester but it's been a blast i've loved everything with this podcast so far i'll go more in depth on it next week if it's my last episode of the year so um yeah i just want to thank you for listening be sure to follow me on twitter at d everhart zero zero we will talk to you next week peace Listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.